0: And on the phone I've got State Auditor Julie Blaha and is Minnesota's 19th State Auditor. As a state auditor she oversees nearly 40 billion in local government finances and that's to ensure transparent accountable and effective government and so we have right now here she is. Good morning Julie. Good morning. I'm so glad to be here. And it was great to follow the superintendent since I am a former
1: middle school math teacher. Oh, <laughs> so, he, yes. Fascinating and he, stuff. Where were you teaching at before? I taught in the Anoka-Hennepin District at the mighty Jackson Middle School. And then after that, I've also been a union leader. So I was also my teacher's union president. So spend a lot of time really in the gears of trying to get kids the education they deserve.
0: Well, how does someone go from being a former math teacher to the state auditor?
1: That's a great question, because I think we all know every little girl dreams of being the state auditor. Right. (laughs) Absolutely. You know, you you honestly, you often (laughs) think about, but, uh, you know, the way that I had gotten involved in in politics, I kind of started to realize that the more local you go, the more effective impact you get to have, you know, and then when I was a kid, I got to see my mom, who was the first woman to ever serve in a role at, in Burns Township's local government. Uh, She took over the Road and Bridge, she was part of the Road and Bridge Committee, and she got her roads paved basically that was the thing you know she was sick of all that dust and what I saw was here's my mom she gets to work in local government and and what happens is now my friend can ride bikes with us who has uh, asthma or uh, mr. Lane can now sit out on his porch with his oxygen tank because she got together with their neighbors and got something done and and so when you look at this role of state auditor if you want to help people come together and solve things in a way that very practically every day affects people's lives, you want to be state auditor. Because when you make sure that the resources get to where those solutions are, you ensure that they, those solutions actually become real. So our job is to make sure that those structures are strong and, and keep the public trust and people do what they say they're going to do. Uh, and, and so that's, that's just the best. I'll tell you if you if you find national politics frustrating, or you find state politics <laughs> bogged down, go local. There's always hope at your city, state, county, school district, township level.
0: Well, I'm glad to hear that there's hope. We've been talking about hope all through this morning. Um, one of the things I wanted to chat with you about is the American Rescue Plan Act of 2021. Mm-hmm. It's designed to facilitate the United States' recovery from the devastating economic and health effects of the COVID-19 pandemic. That package costs $1.9 trillion, making it one of the largest economic rescue plans in U.S. history. And I understand you are the one as the state auditor who has the oversight of the American Rescue Plan Act. In, to in be clear, the relief let's funds. let about
1: what we are. We, get, we, do, we do. get to take a look at that uh, now. You know, it starts out with that 1.9 trillion dollars um, nationally, and then uh, about 8.5 million then comes to Minnesota. Okay, and then from that, about 2.132 billion goes down to the local level and uh, And so, what we get to take a look at are uh, where it hits the local level and then and then some of the 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 money that runs through the state. so our job really right now is to say okay uh, let 's test to see if they follow their procedures on how they spent it and how they shared it so what we 're noticing is that um, the spending decisions were uh, less tricky because you know, most even local governments that are relatively small may have had some intersection with, say, um, a uh, kind of disaster relief, which works in some of the same way uh, around weather. You know, so it's, mm-hmm. you know, flood relief, for instance, is something that um, communities, uh, a lot of communities have dealt with. So making those spending decisions was not new, but the level of sharing that was needed was was newer. Uh, for most uh, particularly smaller entities you know so much was happening so quickly that it wasn't something that local governments could do on their own you know so what you had was like for instance when the CARES Act money came through when that first round of money came through it came quickly we needed to respond quickly to to make sure that our economy would not go into freefall and not only did you have did you have to respond quickly it was unclear and new and chances are your cat was walking across your keyboard because you're working out of your basement. <laughs> so when you think of all of that that was going on, it's, uh, it was pretty amazing to see how well it went, how many local governments were able to step up and get resources where they needed. But in that process, we're finding that the next place for growth on how do we handle, uh, federal funds really is how do we share them? How do you bring in community groups? How do you bring in private groups? to share the load and do it in a way that is uh, efficient and effective and has good oversight. So for a lot of people, they were just for the first time setting up an oversight system of these large um, sharing kind of programs. And so we're seeing a lot of ways to tighten that up. So that, that I think, is the be- biggest thing we're learning right now is sharing. Sharing is the next place for local governments to grow in, uh, in how they handle federal funds.
0: So, what are you doing with that then? I mean, you're talking about the American Rescue uh, Relief Funds and that. Do you, uh, is the oversight of that that's something you do? I mean, what, what's happening now with that?
1: Right. Right now, we're in the thick of uh, what are called the single audits. Uh, a single audit is when the federal government asks for a set of tests to make sure that you are following their rules for their money. Mm-hmm. And, and so that's, and that's what we're doing right now. So we're right in the, in the middle of that. And so we're doing a lot of those, um, that, that testing right now. You know, we do already have some results of how this has been going from our CARES Act look. That was the, the federal money from before. And so there we were telling people, okay, you need to, to develop uh, more robust systems around how you share this funds. And now we're able to, in this year, we get to look and say, okay, are those systems working? So we're able to see with the second round to see how how that's going. And we have learned a lot, too, about good practices for federal money. And I hope anybody who has, uh, you know, know, ability to move federal money thinks about these ideas. Uh, Flexibility made them work better. Whenever you can really tailor those funds to your local community, it works much better. So uh, the ARPA funds, the American Rescue Plan, was far more flexible for local government than CARES Act funding. They were able to use it to deal with lost revenue. They were able to move it into different programs. And I think we saw things um, work more effectively. Uh, also, they had a longer time to spend it. They didn't have to spend it immediately. They had the ability to really plan for their spending, and so because they had a long, they have a longer runway, most of this doesn't have to be spent until 2026. So as a result, they could sit back and really evaluate the best plans, uh, uh, wait. For the best plans to be developed and and, and I think that we're just going to see some improvements there uh, and of course just the fact that everybody has some experience with this so I think we're starting to see a lot of improvements but flexibility and time really help make these programs more effective
0: I think people are frustrated because they're not seeing things being done with it I think that you know it's like well, what is happening with this it's when is it going to get to us
1: Oh, sure. You know, and that's, that's some of it. You know, we, we know that if you're in local government, you've been reporting a lot of what you're doing with this funding, right? And, and so you're not always sure, uh, where, uh, where that is, is going. And one thing I would suggest is a place people can go. And let me just pull up the stuff. Uh, what you can go is look at, uh, the federal government has a website that Uh, overseas that, that pulls all of their data together. Uh, and so it's called, it's the PRAC committee, the Pandemic, uh, Funds Oversight Committee. And, uh, you can simply, uh, type in uh, pandemicoversight.gov. And if you want to dig into some numbers, there's, there are uh, you can get all of the, the the detailed raw data, but you can all, they have a lot of interactive tools to help you compare. Where is the money going state by state? Where is the money going in your community? So I would suggest people start right at pandemicoversight.gov, pandemicoversight, one word, dot gov. And, and start typing your, typing your community in to the different things. And you get to see where, that, where those funds have gone. Whether they went for, uh, for a lot of places, they're going to things like supporting housing. Uh, if people are struggling, they're going directly to businesses to keep businesses afloat uh, when their businesses have shifted so, uh, so dramatically. Uh, but that website is a great place to dig in.
0: As a state auditor watching you know, oversight of, of a lot of these things, have you seen a lot of waste?
1: You know, I think, you know, we really, we really haven't, Um, you know, I think what people are, you know, you'll, you'll hear those apocalyptic Mm -hmm. stories, right? From time to time, you do see those issues. Um, They're not always, uh, often, they're not actually pandemic oversight uh, money, because, you know, a lot of this stuff has a very specific, um, uh, very specific uh, purpose. So as a result, you do have more flexibility, but you don't have open flexibility it still has to be related to the pandemic and I think with that narrowing um, that has helped reduce waste and not only do you have to spend it on that you have to prove that you spent it on that so a big part of the testing that we do in our office is simply looking at and saying okay you spent money on this why uh, justify where is your documentation that that is a justifiable expenditure um, another reason I think we've seen less waste is frankly the federal funds, uh, as, as impressive as they are, did not cover every cost that people encountered for COVID. So there were a couple of places where we said, well, you know, you, you couldn't spend money on this. And I said, well, how about can we apply it then to the 58 other things <laughs> that, we, that we had left over that we didn't have money for? And it's like, yeah, you can you shift it over there. So it, it, it's not like there was so much money there that there was a, anybody got a slush fund out of the deal. You know, it's uh, there was there were more costs than ARPA covered, so as a result, you don't have as much waste simply because you didn't have enough to overspend in the first place.
0: So, what is the distribution of this then? The American Rescue Plan uh, relief funds, because uh, I, I think I read that people who qualify are single people making less than seventy five thousand, heads of household making less than one hundred twelve thousand five hundred, married couples filing jointly making less than one hundred fifty thousand qualify for these stimulus checks.
1: Well, you know, to be to be clear, you know, our office, we don't uh, oversee the, the, the stimulus checks to go direct to individuals. Oh. Um, and, yeah, exactly. So that's coming that's coming direct from the federal government. Okay. We are watching the things that go through that government level. So, so most of the, the distribution we're overseeing are things that where a local government said, like a county said, you know what, we, we want to get money to businesses. When businesses tell us, hey, this is what's happened, I have a... Uh, I have an events business, and we've been shut down, so nobody's asking for my lighting package. you know nobody's asking for catering and so uh, and so what we're checking to see is that when they were giving those funds out that that business Made a, made a fair justification and that they double-checked that that money went where the business said it was going to go. So so that's the kind of thing that we're checking in on. Uh, and what we're seeing is a lot of local... Um, when, when the money went to local governments, they often gave it very directly to their community members. It didn't necessarily as often go into, say, a program Mm. of some sort that they run, but they try to get it directly to a business um, or directly to, say, a homeowner that was in danger of losing their home. And so we saw uh, really direct, uh, pretty concrete uses of the funds in that that area, which is one of the reasons I really like the idea of the federal government moving things local. You know, when you get it to a local community, uh, they often have the best view on what their community members need. And they're close enough to the ground so they can see exactly where that money is going. So if you're giving it to a catering business, you know, chances are, that's a neighbor. You know they have a catering business, right? And so you directly uh, see what they're using their funds to, to to keep afloat. So So I think there's a really great opportunity in this. And I hope the federal government sees that, that, you know, hey, when we have to get money out that has to get very directly to people in a really concrete way you know what let's send it local let's not try to build our own program necessarily at the federal level let's get it to local governments and let them use their own community connections to get those funds out
0: now, Julie, you've only been in this job for a year, so during the pandemic, well, I three.
1: I've been here. Oh, three, three. years. Sorry, so three days when it feels like a year. There are days that feel like twenty years. <laughs> <laughs> so totally right? Time, time, what does that mean anymore? Oh right? my gosh! So,
0: how has your job changed then through those years? You know, before the pandemic versus after the pandemic? What has been? Oh, wow. Kind of the biggest change you've had to, sh- to deal with. Oh,
1: it was huge. You know, uh, you know, while it was, you know, I think the obvious parts of us all moving. Uh, to working from home. Now my office uh, is made up of a lot of CPAs and a lot of data people. So our office actually was able to shift to home relatively easily because mm-hmm. we already had the infrastructure to do that. We already already did a lot of remote work. And auditors uh, are very much like you expect them to be. They like a quiet, focused space. So a lot of our auditors loved it. They, mm-hmm. were, just, they were they were thrilled that we were able to work from home more. Um, uh, but I think the biggest change was, you know, I'm part of the executive council. So not only was were we trying to kind of manage How were we going to move these funds but i also had a vote on the um on the um, on the uh, states of emergency and most of the uh uh most of the the governor's orders i also had to vote on for these things to have gone beyond five days we have uh, the executive council which is the state auditor the lieutenant governor the governor the Secretary of State and the Attorney General, we all had to vote on that. So there was a point where I had made more actual votes than <laughs> some new legislators had, which was, you know, an unusual thing for someone in the executive branch to do. So so we had a quick shift to not only looking at funds, but also very quickly ramping up to understand the data surrounding COVID uh, in Minnesota. So not only do we have to understand COVID, we have to understand how COVID affects human behavior, how COVID affects our economy, how COVID affects um, how we handle um, our movements as a a society. So it was uh, uh, something I had no, no, I could have possibly predicted I would be part of. Thank goodness Minnesota uh, had some of the best data on COVID around the country. Now, we were able, there were auditors around the country who were checking COVID data That's not my role in Minnesota, but I did pull their standards and just kind of informally compared how were we handling data to what the best standards showed. And we really did. I would say the Department of Health shared data as well or better than everybody else in the country. And as a result, we had the best data we could to make the best decisions we could in the moment. Um, Of course, in retrospect, there are some things that, you know, of course, we probably do differently. But... In the moment, we had the very best data we could get, and that made it much, much easier to make these choices.
0: We're speaking with State Auditor Julie Blaha, Minnesota State of Minnesota, and just wondering, your office is reaching out to different media to, you know, have you talk. What is it, the message you hope to get out while your folks are reaching out?
1: Well, one of the, I think, the, the just the, the value of our local government entities. I think that the more people see how uh, how much local government rose to the challenge during COVID, uh, the more impressed they'll be. You know, this was really a big test of local control, frankly. Uh, they gave uh, a lot of local control to local governments. And I think that some of the best successes where we were able to, where we were able to save businesses, where people we were able to keep people in their homes, a lot of that had to do with local government stepping up and really filling the gap. Uh, on there. I also want people to know that, uh, you know what? We need you in local government. The more you get involved, uh, the, the better these decisions will be. And our, in, our, in our role, we also want to help give you tools to do that. So, you know, uh, we want to make sure you can have the data to make a good decision. I really believe everybody who's listening to this, everybody who's listening to this right now has the ability to make a million-dollar decision for their local community. If you have the right information, if you've got the right support, if you can trust people will do what they say they're going to do, you can make those decisions. You absolutely are qualified. So I think the more power people feel and the more ability they feel they have, the more involved they'll be and the better these decisions will be. So that's the big message is, you know what? Take a look at the data. Take, go to a school board meeting. Go to your uh, city council meeting. Watch uh, your uh, county board uh, discuss issues. You'll be surprised, I think, at how much you do understand and how, how, uh, how effective you could be at making those decisions.
0: Julia, is there a website or something you would recommend people go to to, to learn more on how to do what you're asking? Well, I'd love it if people, you know, we would start with uh, at the uh, our website. Just type in Office of the
1: State Auditor. It'll come right up osa.state.mn.us. Uh, we have uh, we have comparison tools. We have all kinds of data available. Um, also, hope they take a look at pandemicoversight.gov. People talk about a lot now. People say, "I do my own research." I like to research things myself. Well, mm-hmm. I'll tell you what. If you like that. There is so much data here for you, and you will see patterns, I believe, that will help you see some potential solutions for your community. So I would type in, uh, again, Office of the State Auditor or Pandemic Oversight, and you've got a wealth of information to start
0: with. Well, Julie, I want to thank you for your time. We've been talking with Julie Blaha, the State Auditor. We appreciate your information. Oh, thank you so much for letting me share it. Okay, take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.